0: Hi friends! This evening, I had a very enjoyable, laid-back Instagram live session where a few of you guys showed up, and I spoke about developing the idea for my most recent video slash podcast, called something along the lines of "The Power of Sharing," or I don't know what I'm going to name it yet. But it was just a really enjoyable experience. We spoke about that, and then we got into some general discussion about creativity. And after, I thought why don't I rip this thing off the internet and share it to my podcast? And so I did some fandangling, some article reading, learned how to rip it off the internet, and here it is. So I hope you enjoy. Live! Hi, everyone. Uh, so I am here with you this evening because I just finished uh, shooting a video that I planned today. I spoke about it in my stories that I planned this video. It started with me looking up the Library of Alexandria, which is a library that was in ancient Egypt. What's up, Brett? B-Drums? Thanks for the nice words the other day. I wanted to talk about what I planned and what I recorded in a much more laid-back way with friends and coffee. And uh, this is highly experimental, and it might go horribly wrong. So (laughs) that's where we're at. So I... In this video, what I decided to do, like I said, I started... How you doing, man? You having a good evening? I started with this idea of... I have a little photos thing here. All right, this is... Sorry. I started with this idea of looking up the Library of Alexandria that was in ancient Egypt and just writing about it and just seeing what would happen. I find that this is how writing tends to work. You can... You you start out with one idea, and then you start branching off. It's like rivers in the Serengeti, this sort of idea. You start branching off, going all sorts of different directions, and you just hope for the best, and you start to get ideas. It always works. You may end up in a completely different universe from where you started, but it always works, and this is a nice thing. Young Red Pill. Hi, how's it going? Welcome. So... The Library of Alexandria was where I started, and then I started to to develop this idea. And the video, I mean, my videos are about creativity, so obviously I'm not trying to create a history video. I'm trying to create a a video that that has some uh, historical thought to it, perhaps, maybe not, but perhaps uh, artistic. uh, The idea was that the it burnt down, so I'm gonna go. I'm going to to Use the th- I'm going to think about the idea that okay there were a lot of things that were lost and there was probably some art that was lost what was lost how are we set back what was the significance of losing these art good we met at the bench up here oh I remember you I'm so glad you uh, you came and said hello it's good to see you again I hope you're doing well that was a that was a fun evening right that got pretty rowdy lots of protesters and such so. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, what is the value of losing the, this art and the things that they lost when the burning of uh, the Library of Alexandria happened? Because the story is that uh, it's believed to have been burnt down in the year 48 BC. It was a, a grand library in ancient Egypt full of endless knowledge. It stood for almost 700 years. It was a research center. It was regarded as the first model of a university. It was regarded as the world's first medical school. It had shelves full of papyrus scrolls of untold knowledge. And uh, estimates say that there were 400,000 to a million scrolls lost. And so some people, Believe, and these were texts that were collected from all over the world. How's it going, Brayden B. Photography? I like your beard. Uh, wave. What do I? What happens if I hit the wave button? Or did? Okay. Oh. All right. Now I feel like I have to wave at everyone. I waved at everyone. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, so people believe that the, the burning may have set back societal innovation by a thousand years which is a crazy idea, right? Um, How are you doing this evening? Are you having a pleasant evening? Has anything interesting happened in your evening or just all of your day? So I think that the burning of the Library of Alexandria could be compared to the burning of like the internet today. (laughs) No more PewDiePie, no more of our beautiful, our beautiful, uh, you know, uh, travel photography, and all of the things that we enjoy. Uh, what uh, if we go back up to Brett? B, you you love drums, so no more drum videos. Bad times. And th- how would this affect us as human beings if we didn't experience this at all? I think I think that's an interesting thing to think about. I think that our parents before us had a lot less information flying around that could influence their their minds and negative or positive ways but they were more educated at the end right i'm a little delayed but i keep going a little delayed like the stream is delayed or you are delayed like you're you're slowing down you're buffering that might be a medical issue i I would actually say that you should see a specialist about that so in the video in the planning stage i came to a place where i thought hmm okay so we have the burning of the library of alexandria but there are visual depictions of this burning of the Library of Alexandria, and I, what, what would happen if I went that direction with my planning about this video? Like, what if I focused on the, the fact that somebody visually depicted the Library of Alexandria before it burned down, documented it? And what is the difference between art, or, or where is the interface between artistic creations and documentation? And what's the importance of that? What uh, the interface, and what's the importance of pure documentation? What's the importance of of artistic creations? Uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, fantastical ideas around what the 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 Library of Alexandria could have felt like, not what it looked like, but like maybe they had people flying around with scrolls how does this influence us and is is this influence important to us that sort of thing so this so one of the things i wrote down was this gives our mind food so that we can build out the world we are seeing and explore our curiosity this being artistic creations of things like the library of alexandria which you can't go see now because it's gone right and so your imagination can go can go all sorts of different directions, thinking if you look at um, one of the famous depictions of it, you can think about what it must have felt like to be there, what was around the corner that you can see in the background, that sort of thing. And you can have an emotional connection with that art that you may not have with, say, the Wikipedia page of the Library of Alexandria. right? Um, and so I went into that, and I, and I sort of developed this idea into power of people and the individual and the collective to uh, create art that impacts other people. What is the value of that? Of course, that's, you know, it's immense value. And I thought, I thought, what if it's, it's important because what if we didn't have, for example, the work of Robert Kappa, uh, war photographer? He took Uh, a few famous photos of the invasion of Normandy. And because of those photos, there weren't a lot of photographers running around with iPhones back in the 40s. So what what if those photos did not exist? Uh, What if, what if we weren't able to see what it looked like and what it felt like through the motion blur that was, that was there. So documentation is incredibly important to, to, for our development as humans and it preserves the lessons of the past so that we don't repeat those mistakes in the future, right? We get to see what, what war feels like without having to actually be in a place where we're getting, where, you know, AK-47 rounds are flying past our head. Uh, and also, I when I was looking up Robert Kapp, I I noticed that his cause of death, his official cause of death is stepping on a landmine. So I thought, I tweeted this today, uh, you can't consider yourself a badass until your cause of death is stepping on a landmine. So, um, and I thought about the work of James Nockway, who's a, a, another war photographer. He, he has these brutal photos of conflict and suffering. And um, I thought, how important is it that we have photos and videos of Auschwitz, right? What what the conditions were like, what um, the you know emaciated people. And then I thought, well, it's incredibly important that we have the, the uh, documentation of, like Genghis Khan. He killed 40 million people. That was 10% of the population of the world at that time. And he's also, he also ranks first for male with the most children in history. He had 1,000 to 2,000 kids. So that's exciting. So then I went into um, trying to find examples of individual, of the influence of individuals on people who are now legendary artists. And I came and that led to um, thinking about the power of the creative group group effort, like a bunch of people coming together to achieve something big. And I found uh, a video of Haley Williams, the front woman, legendary, somewhat are you, of Paramore. And she was speaking about how uh, some movies that had influenced her, as she was growing up and that may have changed the direction of her life how did, i mean i know this is some sort of back to the future stuff but um you you if you can understand that you can understand that you might be that for somebody right and that people have been that for you so um and then i thought you know the back to the individual away from the collective unit of Artistic creation, and, and when I say this, picture a movie set full of people running around. You have camera guy, you have the focus puller, you have the, the crane operator, you have the audio guy, and that's just literally capturing what's going on. It's a bunch of people coming together to create something that an individual couldn't necessarily create, easily at least. Uh, and then I went to the idea of the individual and how the individual can create art that 's really meaningful and that impacts people, and then I came across a and so what I try to do is I try to just scan the internet and think of ideas and ways to illustrate this point and people who have uh, people who have you know conversations where people are talking about how someone influenced them growing up and this sort of thing and they'll end up in the finished video so I, uh, I came across. Creative one of the episodes of Creative Spaces TV, which was a documentary series by Sarah Dici, And if you don't know who Sarah Deachy is, you it's a good chance that you do. She's pretty popular, but if you don't, she has she's an extremely talented creator. You can find her on YouTube. And uh, she had a, a documentary series called Creative Spaces TV. And this was where she would go she would find creators and entrepreneurs and such and uh, learn about them and create a little documentary about. What they're up to so she went to gloria of thousand helmets and d-, d jolly how's it going i'm gonna wave to you as well welcome we're talking about we're talking about creativity and the power of the creations and the individual and such uh, so she went to uh gloria who runs thousand helmets how's your evening going anything interesting happening in your life right now d jolly i like your i like your clown head um, she went to Gloria of thousand helmets, and she uh, she made a documentary about her company, Thousand Helmets, which is a helmet company where she makes very sty- stylish helmets, and they they seem to be safe too. So good for your kids if you have kids. She, she in the in the so I, I started watching it back, and I was like, okay, what can I find a spot where she is talking about how an individual influenced her to go down the path that she was on. And sure enough, she speaks about her mom who, she was at school, she was at a school, and she was going to take one of her final steps of doing the school thing. And her mom said, hey, don't do not uh, do that. I don't think you want to do that. So her mom kind of stepped in. And because of that, that changed the course of her life, seemingly. There's another example. I can't remember exactly what it was in there of another individual that unlocked two very specific things in her that you can say probably made a huge difference in her path in life. And this is an example of the the how the mundane interactions with people and the mundane art that you feel like you create on a daily basis can affect people in a very non mundane way. What do you say, Braden? Beef photography. I want everyone who has discredited the concept of art to listen to this. Yes, Um, for all those art discreditors out there. No, but I've been watching a YouTube video about creativity. Well, that's good. Now you're watching a live stream about creativity. Uh, What do you mean by people who discredit the concept of art? Are you saying people who... Think that art is an an important force in society, like that that sort of idea. <clears throat> um, that's cool, uh, D Jolly. What what sort of creativity focused videos have you been watching lately? I'd love to hear, and who they are as well. Um, so she was so in this video. Well, in this example, I think it's such a great example of the power we have. To influence people in little ways on a daily basis, mainly my parents come to mind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think that like with with parents, I think they're fresh out of a generation where college was the way to go, and it's like you got a lot of people out there painting their watercolors and not making any money, and it's it totally makes sense that it would be concerned, but they but. There's so many more things in life than making money quickly and efficiently. That doesn't always equal fulfillment for people, and I think that the, I think that the best thing that somebody can do if they're in that situation with their parents is to be intentional about trying to articulate to the parents what they're trying to do and why they're trying to ruin their parents' life by by not going to college and not doing not. Becoming a, a, a doctor or whatever. Anna Pappinzeler, how's it going? I'm gonna wave at you too. We're talking about creativity, <clears throat> just about creative, intelligent. You love your YouTube work. Thank you, DJolly. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know. I, I when people send me messages, it always blows my mind because I I don't like oh there will be you know just complete quiet periods. So when you guys tell me that stuff, it really does mean a lot. <clears throat> um, Anna Pippenzeller, <laughs> how's your evening going? Anything interesting happening in your life tonight? Um, yeah, but that, yeah. Discrediting art is—I it, think that that's a that's a that can be a struggle between. I think that parents are starting to get it in a lot of ways, but I think that. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of parents that still want to send their kids to college and I just don't know what you do in college as a creative type that will be useful for you at this point. If there are certainly things that you should go to college for. Fantastic. I mean, I don't I think there are a lot of problems inherently with the way that colleges are set up, but uh, if you want to be a doctor, I would. if you're going to operate on my brain tumor, I would like for you to know the literature and have a thing that you can say, you can hold in your hand and say, these people say that I can do this. <laughs> maybe there's another system for that, but this what we have is a pretty good system. You know, you, you're able to, we place trust, maybe, maybe recklessly, we place trust in the people who are our doctors and such. But anyway, I think that's where it's important to have a a proper, like, what I'm doing on a daily basis, when I'm planning a video, it's not a, it's not a, uh, what's the word, it's not a systematically sound set of ways of going about things, it's pretty all over the place, and so that's good, because I'm creating stuff, but if I want to, you know, give somebody legal advice, or if I want to operate on... Uh, And a torn ACL, perhaps it would be a good idea to to have read some books and have somebody tell me, you need to read these books and know what you're talking about so that you don't accidentally take my knee off and put it on a monkey, you know, Uh, because that's a big problem in the medical industry right now. What kind of coffee do you guys like? So at the end of this video that I planned... I uh, I said I thought this was interesting it came to my mind and I th- I think that it's helpful to me and when I make these videos a lot of times I part of me making the video and part of me crafting the video is I'm teaching myself it I I have to explore an idea and it's helpful to me that I decided to sit down and list this out and maybe take some things to their core principles and uh and become well rounded on something so that I can that helps me in my life right so I wrote down imagine I was so I was speaking to people who feel like their voice is small and I'm one of these people I said imagine you're sitting in a room with six people who truly care about what you have to say and what would you say to them and I think this is this is more of the way that we need to be thinking as creators. Obviously, obviously, if you're creating a photo, you're not speaking to people, but the same idea works, right? If you have six people in a room and you're going to hold up a print, right? You're going to hold up a canvas print in front of them. What would you want to show them? Don't waste their time. What, what do you have to say to them? And that's sort of... Uh, that was sort of the conclusion of the entire idea, and it came together, and I haven't looked at the footage yet, so it could have gone horribly wrong. You may never see this video, but if everything goes well, you should see it, like, tomorrow on YouTube. <laughs> so, anyway, it's the end of my rantings. Uh, if you guys have any more thoughts or questions, let me know. Uh, this is, I'm sitting, I have this camera sitting on a new Gorillapod <laughs> that me and my wife got uh by joby and they sent they sent a little guy when i say a little guy like a little tripod and then with the iphone mount and this is so freaking perfect this is so good and then we also got this is what i just filmed with we got one of these guys for the big ones for this is because i just pulled the sd card out and i just haven't closed the door Good idea to leave doors open sometimes. Not for the, I mean, you can break it, so be careful, but this lets you know that something's not in here that needs to be in here. So I used that, and then I'm the, i am not gonna take it off the GorillaPod, so you'll have to use your imagination, but if I flip the camera, you can see what my setup sort of looks like. So it was, oh, I mean, this was sitting back there, and I have to create space behind <laughs> Behind the desk, for so that I can see what I'm filming, because this guy doesn't have a flip-out screen. And oh my gosh, I almost just broke the screen by f- grabbing it as it was falling, and it almost fell. This is our stand-up desk. This is our, um, yeah, stand-up desk and beautiful seat. And I have this thing clipped on here with a sock so that it doesn't scratch the underside. Let's see. I have to go, but keep it going. Love this. I'll check back in later. I've been thinking about often, uh, authenticity in act and photography. Well, thinking about authenticity in anything is a good idea. Thanks, Braden, for stopping by. I hope you have a fantastic evening. I really appreciate you hanging out. It was good to talk. I found more peace by creating for myself and not for others. Uh, When I try to create with others in mind, I'm never happy with my work. That's something that I've been experiencing in a very interesting way lately because I've been noticing that people, like, they're focused on creating stuff that people will engage with and will help grow them, right? And And I worry about chasing that rabbit, like, I worry about spin, focusing too much on what people want you to create or what the trend is to create. Because like you're saying, you won't be happy. You won't be fulfilled by it. I think it makes more sense. And I think I'm backed up by the oversharing problem. The oversharing problem. What do you mean by that? Um, and I think I'm backed up by like people like Seth Godin, who is like, freaking king of marketing, he says that you should create stuff, essentially that you should create stuff that, that feeds you and assumes that, and assume that other people are going to like that as well, that you should not create for, for the biggest audience. You should create for the smallest audience possible and create loyal people who really engage with what you have to do, sharing content for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that I think that if you are hmm I think that if you share a lot that's fantastic. But sharing content for the just for the sake of growth that you don't really care about is a quick I found that it's just a quick way to go a bunch of different directions and not really find your core, right? And everybody that I engage with that I love the most they have an authenticity about their approach to what they're doing it's them I'm interested in them because them and of course they've focused on ways to use tools like YouTube and Instagram to grow and because of that they've found a nice interface point between those two ideas creating stuff that I love and figuring out a way to make that stuff that I love be created in a way that people will, f- that that will work well with the the machine of the internet, right? But I think the if you run away from creating stuff that you love for the sake of, uh, if you run away from creating stuff, if you get too focused in your head on creating what you feel like other people are going to love that you're creating, <laughs> it's like I'm going around in circles, uh yeah you're gonna you're gonna get it seems like you get sort of split up inside and you can't quite find your your core focus. Um, yeah i'm still f- I'm still figuring out what I think about all that though uh, yeah i I, th- I think that that not being fulfilled is a very problematic way to create content. If you look at the great artists, they never cared who saw their work. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that, that if you look at great artists of history, they never maybe assumed that people would see their work. I think there are a lot of artists who, like, who is it? I think it was, was it Picasso. The Google. Picasso. Did people like, hold on. Did people like Picasso? Picasso. So, blah, 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 blah. love him, hate him, a bit of both. Uh, I remember reading somewhere that people did not like his work while he was alive. I don't know. I think I think he was. It was. I think it was him that was like. They they didn't like. He was ridiculed and depressed. Uh. Thiago, Roll, Thiago Rama, 47, wave. How's it going, man? Welcome. Yeah, I. there are plenty of artists that I think uh, that they would have never assumed that this internet thing would come around, that everybody would be looking at their stuff every single day. And I don't know if they didn't care. Like, I, I, I can't get inside the head of somebody who was an 18th century painter. I'm sure they probably wanted to share it with people, right? And I'm sure that maybe they created in a way that they knew would would help people uh, engage with it and digest it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's all a balance. But I do think that for the greatest artists, it probably had not much to do with what the work was, how the work was received in the end, if they created the work or not. Does that, does that make sense? Let me try to restart that. I think that for the artist I think for the greatest artists, the act of creating itself is the journey. That is the, the, the goal in a sense. And then getting people to engage with that was a secondary goal. Or it was those two were two goals that went together. I think for me, those are two goals that, that, that go together. I want to create art that I believe in, and I want that I feel is meaningful, that it, and I want it to impact people. I want both of those things to happen. Because if I'm just creating it for me, who freaking, like, who cares? And a lot of people think, a lot of people say, just create it because you love it. You, look at it. you look at it at the end, and it makes you cry. That's the art you want to create. I don't, really, I don't want that because that feels selfish. I feel like I'm just making something that I look at and I feel like it's pretty. I want to create something that other people like me engage with on a deep level and they're impacted by. I don't necessarily like the idea of just playing music because it you enjoy it all the time. I think that there are times to do that, but I think that if you're, that you should be creating music that is that has an effect on other people, if not what you 're going to enjoy some music and then die like what is the, what's the, what 's the meaning and you guys may disagree with me on that, but think like i 'm glad we 're thinking about this Let's have that conversation I was having a conversation with a friend, and we had a conclusion that there are there 's two kinds of uh art, artists the ones who deliver, deliver what people want. And the other deliver what people need. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. Okay, so the ones that deliver what people want are most. <laughs> and I think that what I, I, I like this, because the ones that deliver what people need are maybe like, in a sense, like the Steve Jobs type types in the, in the you know, electronics world. He created something that like the whole process was a controversial process of creating in Apple, and I think people like push back, this will never work. you know, you always hear that. but he he had an idea of what people needed, and he persisted. So the journey to create what people want is has a lot less friction, and you get a lot of admiration. But the journey to create what people need. Is risky, and you might get, if you lived in the Middle Ages, you might get stoned. You might get attacked. Oh, you're good, by the way. Um, I, I could read it. You're, you're, it's, it, was, it was good stuff. Uh, if you lived in the Middle Ages, you created something risky, you could actually, you could die or whatever, right? You say the earth's round, and then people put you in jail. I don't remember the exact the history of that, but uh, Copernicus, right? it's risky and you're going to poke your head out you're going to be a, a giraffe and a, and a bunch of zebras if you create something risky when you're creating something that somebody needs you're going to create something risky and people are going to to push back at you about that and you're going to experience anxiety when going into creating that thing your brain's going to tell you this is this is don't do this <laughs> we're going to die but what I spoke about in my last video about uh, performance anxiety is that th- that you can use that fear when you 're about to perform and you 're about to do something and you 're about to do something that, that can fail in front of people. you can use that fear as a as an indicator that you should go you should keep going forward that meaning is about to happen it 's a little flag that goes up and says <clears throat> This is a meaningful thing that you're about to do. This is why you're scared, because it's risky and it might be meaningful. So, don't, so the fear is a good thing. It's an important thing and it's a helpful thing. It's a very strong, elevated state that you can go in that lets you know that you're going the right way. <clears throat> Wave, what's up, Carlos? How you doing, man? Been a while. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I I really like that that difference though. Delivering what people want and delivering what people need. If you're delivering what people need, you're not you run the risk of not being very popular. You run the risk of maybe not having so many friends and that sort of thing. And it's like you have to make that decision. What and, you know. That's why I always focus so much on meaning and like find the highest meaning that you can pursue with your work. Let's see, Picasso. Picasso lover Did all right. So how do I search this? So did picot? Did people like? Did people like Picasso's paint work? I don't know. I believe we must seek a balance between both. Interesting. I I think that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Van Gogh. was it Van Gogh? Maybe I should look up Van Gogh as well. All right. Well, hold on. Let's see. Eight things you don't know about. Picasso by History Channel. Oh, this is the real deal. This isn't Wikipedia. Picasso is considered a child prodigy. He constantly changed his painting style. He helped with the creation of cubism. Thanks, because I use that every day. Uh, Picasso was not just a painter. Spanish. Here we go. Wait, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Picasso became a communist at age 62. (laughs) More Picasso has been stolen than any other artist. Let me look up Van Gogh. That might be a good way to go. I believe. Because maybe delivering stuff people want, you want, could reach more uh, success and the needs. Let's see. So are you saying that if you deliver what people want, you can reach more success and then then after? After that, you can give them what they need. I'm I'm just guessing here. Let's see here. Uh, Van Gogh. Van Gogh, let's see. Did people like... All right, artists that were not... uh, Artists that were not appreciated in their time thank you google uh, correction gotcha yeah i think that like i think the way that i look at that idea of creating stuff that is trendy or stuff that allows you to and i'm not people have much more compelling things to say about this than i do i'm still a small creator but to me it seems like that if you create things that are are trendy Thoughtfully, that you will be able to grab the attention of people I think that you should do that as long as you maintain your center of always wanting of, of of creating what people need like don't let go of your values just because it will allow you to get some more eyes. I think that's silly I think that it will ha that for one you you'll compromise on your values but two it'll probably have outsized effects that you didn't anticipate okay below are eight great artists who simply weren't appreciated for their work that they created during their time vincent van gogh uh so good good call who said that Jolly, good call el, Gre- el greco let's see who's that i haven't heard that one should i know who that is Let's see here, El Greco. I've seen that portrait before. Oh yeah, he's got all sorts of portraits of Jesus and stuff. Wow, what a crazy art style here! I'll show you. This is a really interesting style of painting. Glad you guys are hanging out, by the way. This is really fun. Oh my gosh, this is hectic. All right, you know what? I'm gonna not do that that way. I'm just gonna hold it. You see, like you see how sort of. Dreary and uh, depressing feeling his work was. Interesting. Very dark colors, very long faces. Wow. Sorry. I know how to use a camera. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to flip this guy back around. So, uh, El Greco. Let's go back. Who were who were other artists? Oh, I had I had another tab. Henry Darger. So let's hold on. Let's learn why why El Greco was not appreciated in his time. Is there a blog post about this? Okay, Baba Mail ba b a mail posted this. So um, this uh, I think it has a high standard of credibility. All right, Dominicos Theotocopulos, or El Greco, what, as he was known, wasn't it? Probably was really a lot of like frustration to say his name on a daily basis and go to Starbucks and then they have to. So I'm glad he shortened it. <clears throat> wasn't an entirely successful artist during his lifetime. Born in uh, Crete, I believe is how you say that. He studied in Rome and Venice before he settled down in Toledo, Spain where he painted some of his best-known paintings for the Spanish royal family. While he found work and made a comfortable living as an artist, he was largely panned by art critics. The works that he painted for the royal family displeased the king, and this displeasure dashed all hopes he had of becoming a court painter. Thank God for the internet, right? I think that by developing a style that is different can be uh, I think that by developing a style that is different can be hard for an audience to grasp. There's a photographer on Instagram called Brett Walker, whose uh, work is hard to look at. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. And I, I, my my idea about that is that if for Brett Walker's followers, if there's a Brett Walker, there are other Brett Walkers like Brett Walker, right? So they're gonna they're gonna go, man, this is this is some. This guy gets something that other artists don't get. Um, yeah, but you love it. See, perfect, right? Let's see, Brett Walker. Looking it up. Oh, Brett makes art, perhaps? Is that the name of? Oh yeah, it's pretty a uh, pretty eclectic little idea we got going on here with his work. I love it. Oh yeah, so this reminds me of some of the work of I hope I'm on the right one. Let me know if I'm just I'm scrolling through the wrong Instagram account right now. Yeah, really, really, uh, lots of, it looks like he may use some Polaroid flashes, like, like with a flash, very stark, perhaps. Oh, a naked person. Yeah, not sure, hard to, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get closer, can you see? Yeah, it's it's a lot. Lots of film and instant film vibes. Got this fellow here. Uh, this reminds me of Witten Sabatini. Witten. Let's see. Oh, I think he has an H. Witten Sabatini. There we go. Has a very interesting photographic style. I think it's very. Uh, I think it's beautiful. But it's certainly not the popular variety of photography. That's a more polished version of of some of the stuff I've seen. Lots of black and white, yeah. Um, so if I scroll down, yeah, this stuff's been actually getting more polished lately. But like my my body's contorted right now, trying to hold this camera. Let's see if I can go back to some of his older stuff. A lot of it was. Uh, in maybe desolate-esque areas or stuff that other people would not think to photograph. And he had he has an interesting framing style about what he does. But this is certainly not extravagant as you can tell. Let's see. Yeah, so like, you know, stuff like this. <laughs> Uh, but he has a lot of uh, has a lot of stuff that is is like field fire, and it's stuff that's hard to photograph well. It's a very unique style. But for people who love him, they love him. I have, there's a, a friend I have on here that absolutely loves his work. Oh my gosh, Google! I wish I could click. Can I click that? Whoa! I don't know if I can click that, dude. I'm gonna here. I'm scared. I think I might yeah, it only lets me pin it. I can't I can't click on it to and I don't think typing that in will allow me to go to sleep tonight, so <laughs> you're good. Google Brett Walker photography Instagram. Let's see if I can get there by by attempting to type this in. Let's see. Okay. Brett he's a British photographer the hump 6911 how's it going i'm gonna wave at you here welcome are you having an interesting evening has anything interesting happened in your evening we're talking about creativity and art it has made its way into uh photography and uh, a little bit of creating for people creating what people want versus what people need good times uh let's see so brett oops Alright, Brett Walker. Brett Walker Photography. I think, I think I probably got it. If I go back, let me see if he is from the great UK, as you have stated. (coughs) Owner of the Brett Walker. Yeah, it's hard to tell. (laughs) It's hard to tell if a photo looks English or not, you know? Brett Walker Photographer. Oh, oh, okay, so this is interesting. Portrait photography by Brett. So, like, you said black and white stuff, so I think I found him. I think I found his work, perhaps. Work. Moving image. Uh, You said lots of black and white stuff, and I'm seeing very harsh portraits. So, all right, we're on Google. It's my wife. Welcome, wife. How's it going? We're talking about photography and art and stuff. Is this it? crazy contrasty black and white stuff very dark blacks lots of detail gone that is insane i really it's a really interesting style i don't i don't not like wait i don't not like yeah i like it i just spent the day editing a wedding video people want and pay the bill, <laughs> and pay the bills and stuff people well, oh, okay, yeah, so you've made something that people want, and it also pays your bills. Wow, that's a really interesting style. That is fascinating. I mean, he really went for it with the contrast like light in Lightroom. <laughs> so yeah, and that's another thing, is if using your art to make money and doing, it's hard to not, it's, the market wants something different than artists want a lot of times. The market wants trendy stuff. They want stuff that feels very pretty. They want stuff that is easy to engage with, everybody's going to like. And there's it makes sense. It there, Yeah, massively processed for sure. Um, I don't think that there's any... I don't think... Well, we can get into what may be wrong with that or whatever. But yeah, I, th- I think that... At that point, a lot of times it becomes, like if you're making a wedding film, for example, becomes about it becomes about creating the art that the people want that you're creating it for. And if you can find an interface point between you, what you want... What's up, Krista? How's it going? Wave. I've, I think I've waved to everybody tonight. I feel really good about it. Is your evening going well? Has anything interesting happened, Krista? Uh, so... Where was I at? You have to find an interface point between what you want to create and what the market wants you to create if you're going to create things for the market. And I think that you can do that very successfully. Um, I think that I have found that for me, doing photography work for people is a much more enjoyable experience. I, I will tolerate a lot more of what people want and and still enjoy it and still feel like I'm doing something good, I'm helping them out. I'm serving them with my with my creativity. There's a lot I feel a lot more able to enjoy that and feel right about doing that than I do for example editing videos because I found that I don't like to edit videos all the time even for myself. So <laughs> editing videos for other people can become a a very depressing process if i'm doing that all the time. Uh with that said, i have made a, i've been able to make a good bit of money in the past editing videos for people i'm super thankful for that. And i can't say that there's not certain videos, but i can't say that there's not certain creators that i would definitely be, be more interested in doing it for than others. But i prefer to run around and take photos for people and as, I think if you're trying to do a freelance type of work you have to find what you're able to tolerate you have to find the type of work that you can do without hating your life I think for for me I'm very happy because for a long time I could not find that I couldn't figure out what what would what I was able to tolerate at all because really I just want to create stuff for people like me <laughs> there's not really like a, I don't know if there's really like a, a bucket of people that I can come across on the internet like me that will ask me to make a wedding film for them or whatever, right? So you have to be able to be okay with making stuff for those other people as long as it doesn't compromise as long as there's a nice interface point that, that works for you and them. Just getting ready for Christmas. That's awesome. Me and Christina have a lovely little tree. How big is your tree? Do you have a tree? Um, is, it, <laughs> is it green? Is it a green tree? Is it, oh, Well, they do make white trees. I was going to say, of course it's green. They do make white trees. Is there a red trees out there? You could probably get a red Christmas tree. You could, go, you could probably go on some sort of Chinese website, right? Red dye covering the tree. We're basically ready for Christmas. What's up, Jennifer Thomas Tin? Welcome. You are very good at engaging with my stories, and I appreciate that, and I hope you're doing well. Love seeing you. I, I, I appreciate seeing your, uh, your replies. <clears throat> Are real trees a thing in the U.S.? Absolutely much a thing. In fact, people probably get real trees when they should not be getting real trees because they're probably in debt. Maybe they should get a plastic tree this year. <laughs> but if you have the money, go get a real tree and enjoy it. I don't know if, well, I guess there is a price difference there. But the, with, the, with the plastic tree, you can get it once for like $10 at the dollar store. You can get a lot of things at the dollar store. Uh, it's not true dollar store if you get a tree for $10. I do understand the, the incoherence of my, of my statement right now. But you go to the dollar-esque store, get a $10 tree, set it up, and then you have it for that year and the next year. And just keep doing that until you get out of debt. And then you then you can get a real tree. But yes, real trees are very much a thing here in the, the U.S. Um, it provides a smell to your house, which is pleasant. It provides, it, it looks way better. It is a novel experience going and getting the tree, putting it on top of your car, or in our case, we got a little baby tree, so we could just stuff it in the back seat, it was perfect. I'm delightful? Oh, that comment is delightful. You're delightful. Um, What I usually try to do is split my projects between the ones I like doing and the ones I have to do. I find it really hard to find the joy inside projects I perceive as dumb. I hope I'm saying, I th- I think I'm translating it right. Uh, I perceive as dumb, like weddings, for example. So you have trouble with, so you try to split your projects between the ones you like doing and the ones that you have to do. Yeah, that's a tough thing. I, I, I try really hard to make more projects that I love to do be the ones that I have to do. But that can be a tough thing. It's, uh, I, I think, I, I reached a point a long time ago where I was like, I'd rather work at a coffee shop than edit videos that I don't want to edit all the time for people. And I did <laughs> for a while. And in a lot of ways it was better and in some ways it was worse that is the conundrum of adulthood for sure uh that's the goal yeah yeah and 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 i also think there's work that you can always do in your mindset to to be more okay with the projects that you're doing that you don't enjoy doing i don't know i'm that's something i don't know a lot about because I'm very much like if I'm not in the place that I feel right and I'm supposed to be here, I can become very neurotic and susceptible to negative emotion. And it's, it is incredibly hard to not be in that place if I don't want to be there. But when you have to be in that place, you can grow yourself immensely. There's a lot of value to that. I've been putting a wedding album together for a client and really don't like it (laughs) yeah clients like to give you things that you don't like to do (laughs) wedding out like a oh like i for whatever reason i was thinking you were saying like a musical wedding album it's like you're creating some uh you're like you got your mic set up you're singing into the you're singing into the santa claus is coming to town for your client i think you mean photos Unfortunately, I have to leave because I have to get up early, so I need to sleep. I hope you have a fantastic night, tells Christina. I said hello. Christina, Krista said hello. Krista vlogs. She says, oh, hi. Oh, anyway, have a good night. Sorry. I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to say to you after that. Have a great night. Thank you for saying hello. They love it, though. Yeah, and so it's like, like I said a second ago, if you can cre- it, it, it does feel good to create something that meets the need of the, the person, right? That's part of the market. And that's cool and that's fantastic. The question is, can you, can you be fulfilled by that as well? And how long should you tolerate not being fulfilled by that? And when you're making money, I mean, if you have kids or if you're trying, you know, God, that's, those are hard questions. Those are really hard questions. What comforts me is the ones I have to do. Wait, what comforts me and the ones I have to do is thinking uh, is thinking about it as training, improving the general process. See, that's that's I think that's a that's a helpful and positive way to go about dealing with frustrating situations. If you can look for ways to make it one more tolerable, but also look look at it as a healthy challenge. Okay, I have to do this. Let me let me learn from it. Let me pull something. Let me focus on the parts that I can learn from it. Let me engage with the challenge, wrestle with it, enjoy fighting that storm, going through it and becoming more resilient. All those things are so good. And I when I worked at a coffee shop in a very social environment and I, I'm an introverted type, so I really love to to not be social all the time. It's, coffee shop is like the most so- social job you can have. Not only that, I, I love to work at home, all these things. So coffee shop, there were a lot of wonderful things about it, but it was not ideal for me. I tried to focus on all the good things about it, and I tried to focus on how I could be present and grow in that moment as I'm working. And what I... what what good, how I can make it fun. And you can, I think you can actually really do, you can make a lot of headway that way for sure. So I'd be more sharp in the ones I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. And especially if they're harder technically or if they are, yeah, you have to, with a lot of projects that you don't enjoy, a lot of times you have to be more creative because they are not they're not your forte or they are asking for things that you like creative thought takes enthusiasm right so they're asking for things that you don't naturally have any enthusiasm for so you have to be creative it forces you to engage your creative mind in a in a in a place where it would normally be natural for you and when you do that you're able to solve problems better in the future because you learn how to be creative in that moment and you will, <laughs> it's so amazing how you can become extremely sharp using your word in your craft over time because you spent a bunch of, because you you were in the trenches for so long and you experienced so many different dynamic problems that you can handle anything. And I, there are... Areas of my creative life where I definitely feel that way, and that's because of all the diversity or the adversity that I've <laughs> diversity, all the adversity that I've experienced. Oh my gosh! It says I'm going to end in two minutes. I guess I have a time limit. This is the first time I've gone this long. I have a day job that isn't creative, so I have two minutes. I have a day job that isn't creative, so any photography assignment is a good one and a challenge. Yes, very good. But also, you can learn wonderful things from. The day job, any day job, I believe you can learn really fantastic things from in the discipline that you have to I learned so much about managing my time and being on my toes and like energy from working at a coffee shop. And I apply that to what I do now. I'm running out of time. Apparently, Instagram says I'm done. I guess I didn't pay for the premium plan. This has been a lot of freaking fun. I've enjoyed it, and I have a video coming out soon about what I spoke about at the beginning of this thing, Uh, the uh, sharing art, wait, the power of sharing art. And, oh, I can't really show you the whole, I won't show you this time, but maybe I'll show you next time, Jennifer. Thanks for the request. Great talk. Keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out. This this has been a lot of fun. So... um, if my video comes out tomorrow and everything works out, feel free to check that out. I'll, I'll share it on the stories and such and on the YouTubes. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.